Hello and welcome to Local and Vocal, a Green Bay Area podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lee. On the show, the Ashwaubenon School District is joining a growing number of public school districts in Wisconsin asking for help to keep the lights on and to keep students' education going strong. The upcoming spring election on April 4th will be asking residents to vote up or down on an operating referendum question. We'll be speaking with Superintendent of Schools Kurt Wires and Assistant Superintendent of Schools Keith Lucius. Now, last fall, there were nearly 50 public school districts with referendums on local ballots across the state totaling nearly $3 billion. In the end, voters approved nearly $1.7 billion in additional funds for their school districts. According to the Post-Crescent, voters in Northeast Wisconsin were supportive of multiple referendum questions. Between Appleton, Denmark, Green Bay, Pulaski, and Menasha school districts, voters agreed to almost $423 million in capital referendums. At the end of last year, the Ashwaubenon School Board approved asking residents for nearly $4 million per year over the course of the next five years. To learn more about the referendum, joining us is Superintendent of Schools Kurt Wires and Assistant Superintendent of Schools Keith Lucius. Welcome to Local and Vocal. Thank you, Terry. We're very excited about joining you today. All right, we'll start with you, uh, Kurt. Tell us a little bit about how long you've been with the district and, uh, well, teaching education. So actually, this is my 33rd year in education. Um, I was a teacher for 15 years prior to becoming a school administrator. I've been in the Ashwaubenon School District for 15 years. I was an elementary principal at Valley View Elementary School uh, for 10 years prior to uh, being hired as superintendent the last five years. Keith, welcome again. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Terry. Great to be here. I've been in Ashwaubenon for 24 years, and I'm approaching 30 years in education overall. Very nice. Thank you. Well, uh, tell us a little bit first off what exactly a referendum is. So there are actually two different types of referendum. There is a capital referendum, which is probably for most um, residents is probably the one that is most visible um, because it is involves some type of building referendum or something that is shiny and new and going to look at. Um, and then there's the operational side of the referendum, which is really about trying to keep um, the doors open and, and financial side of, of trying to um, uh, fund for schools. Community input is always one of those big things that we always want to do is listen to our residents and also the people that are having kids and families in the schools. Um, you developed a community survey, had over a thousand responses. What are some of the questions that you asked and some of the things that you've learned? Yeah, so I think that the questions, first of all, is, is all about getting input from our community and really they've been supportive. We've been very fortunate um, over the years um, here in Ashwaubenon. And really what we're trying to understand is first talk, talk about what are the celebrations, what are the things that they really appreciate about the Alice Robinson School District, and also be reflective on, on some of the areas that we want to improve. And so those are some of the focus questions. And then they got into a little bit more of the details of what are some of the priorities that they have, whether it be class sizes, some of the class offerings that we offer, um, what are really important to our residents. And so then they were able to kind of prioritize those pieces and then finally, we asked them uh, um, whether or not they would support a 4.9 uh, referendum or a 3.9 referendum, operational referendum. And then we used that information and bring it back to our school board. Well, tell us a little bit about the state of uh, school funding in Wisconsin. Okay, so school funding, really, there are three main sources. Federal dollars, which are directed towards specific programs, so they may be for special education programs or other specific things. They're not a major source, but they, they do provide some funding that's very directed. Our general school operations are funded by either local tax dollars or state funding. 
So the state 30 years ago implemented a revenue limit system that that limits the amount school districts can create from property tax. And it, the formula is based on how many students you have and how much you have historically spent. And that determines your amount per student, and then you multiply it by your new student count to figure out what your revenue limit is. That limits how much we can raise between state aid and property taxes. Now, what are some of the obstacles uh, the district is facing for funding right now? The biggest obstacle we're facing is that in the last state budget, last biennial budget, the state did not increase that revenue limit at all. So zero increase. And as we all know, inflation has been hitting everybody's pocketbook and increasing our costs just like everyone else. This, the state at the time said to use some additional federal dollars that we got for COVID relief to balance our budget. So that's what we've done the last two years. But we've seen our costs increase, but that revenue limit hasn't moved. And now as costs have continued to increase over the last year and, and we expect will continue over the next year, the state budget's unsettled. So we don't know what's going to happen as far as what the state's going to do, if they're going to make up for those two years that they gave us no increase, along with the increases that we're seeing now. And that's where the referendum comes in. We need to protect our budget so we can continue to have, have staff and have the programs that we have. A big point of fact here is that more state aid, you heard a lot of state lawmakers say, oh, we increased uh, state aid, stuff like that. But more state aid just means less property taxes for residents. That's a key thing I think a lot of people really don't understand about how the school funding works. And when it comes to those revenue limits, this is something that's been talked about for decades, honestly, because uh, I think this was implemented all the way since the late, the early 90s, I think. Correct. Um, so this has been an issue for quite a long time here. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, I guess, proportion-wise when it comes to local and state, and then, like I said, a little bit of that federal dollars. So you mentioned that the state aid increased the last year, and the state did give us an increase that kept up with inflation, but they didn't increase that revenue limit, so it all flowed through to property tax relief. Now, we like property tax relief as much as the next person. We're paying property taxes. So there's nothing wrong with property tax relief, but our costs are increasing, and that's why we need to see that revenue limit go up. So a good portion of this referendum, the increases that we would be adding to the levy are decreases that we had in the levy this past year. So total dollar-wise, our levy is down over $2 million this year compared to last year, and that's because the state increased aid but didn't increase the revenue limit. So that's a good portion of what we're asking for. Now, uh, why is the operating referendum needed now? The biggest reason it's needed now is just that we've seen these large increases in our costs from transportation to janitorial and cleaning services to just hiring staff for any of our open positions. We're seeing that cost for everything going up, the cost for any supplies and materials. And we haven't seen our base budget increase at all over the last two years. So, so that's why we need this now, because those large in increases in costs, we have no way to cover them now that the federal money that the state instructed us to use, now that we've spent the entire amount that we've gotten from the federal government, we need this, need this revenue limit room so we can increase our budget. Now, the operating referendum uh, is going to be maintaining services or, or programming, but doesn't represent any new spending. Correct. There's nothing new that we're going to do. We're trying to maintain the high level of service and the quality education that we've traditionally provided and that our community has valued and and maintain the programs we have, maintain the class sizes, the things that we hear from the community are very important. Inflation, obviously, everyone's dealing with it. Regarding like staffing costs is always the biggest thing. And it comes to 
like I said, buying milk and stuff like that. Inflation has really, really hit Ashwaubenon hard and probably many school districts. Staffing costs, we've got to be competitive to maintain that staff is the most important resource we have. The, uh, the effectiveness of our education is purely tied to the quality of our staff members. So we have to be able to keep the best teachers and keep them on staff. In addition, it's hit things like busing contracts. It's hit all those other things where where those companies are hiring people to fill those roles as well. Staffing equates to almost 85% of our budget. So it is the biggest part of our budget. When those costs are going up, we can't maintain the same budget level. We have to increase our total budget to match that, or we're going to have to reduce number of people, increase class sizes, and reduce options for students. Well, during the uh, declared pandemic, billions of dollars were approved at a federal level to help shore up budgets with local governments and also public school districts uh, across the nation, including Wisconsin. How did the state dictate some of how we use those one-time COVID funds? First of all, that we utilize those funds in the exact same way or what was required um, by us, by the federal government. And we're proud of that fact. And so one of the things it was really connected to student learning loss and the fact that students were not in school for in-person learning. And so what we did is way early on in the pandemic, um, we offered uh, after-school tutoring, um, even prior to even some of the COVID funds that were um, projected. Then we uh, hired some additional staff um, to work as interventionists um, to help uh, catch up some of the students that um, um, some of the learning that had been uh, missed as a result of being in, um, in virtual learning. Um, and then we also um, provided some additional summer school opportunities for kids as well beyond what we normally would have offered. And so, again, we felt really strong. We had a strong vision. We had a, a three-year plan in place of how we were going to use that ESSER funding. And so that was our plan and, until um, uh, our local um, state decided to change the game a little bit, and then use that funds to balance our budget. State budget happening right now. Um, is there hope that we might see some increased funding for schools? We've been meeting with our local legislators and both as a superintendent groups and both uh, Keith and myself as well. And and I think, I think overall, most of our local legislators realize the fiscal cliff that they created. Um, I, I think that uh, they had the best intentions, you know, certainly that money was there. Um, but um, now that they've seen the bigger picture, I think that we're hopeful that they will then fund schools even more. I think everybody wants a piece of that seven over $7 billion surplus. That, that, that's what I wanted to talk about. The state has a surplus. So it's not that they need to increase their taxes to be able to fund schools. It's a question of how to use that surplus, how much goes back to taxpayers, how much can they use to fund schools. So the opportunities there to fund schools and make up for what wasn't done in the last budget, and I'm not saying what they did in the last budget was wrong. It was one way to look at it of using those federal funds. And we've worked through what they recommended. And now they understand the financial cliff that they've created. I'm optimistic that they will do something to increase school finance, but even the proposals we've seen haven't been enough to make up for the shortfall that was that has developed over the last three years. So they need to really be looking hard at how much inflation has hit schools and what that's done to all of our labor rates and all of our benefits and all of our other costs so that there's enough of an increase that schools can keep up because they have not kept up with inflation traditionally. The revenue limit's been in place since 1993, and they have not kept up with inflation on any particular year during that 30-year time frame. So this is an ongoing problem that 
that with politics, it becomes a political decision on how much they fund schools. And they, and we're hopeful that they provide funding for schools. I think all schools need it. And I think the school districts that haven't gone to referendum yet regarding this situation will be going in the next year or so as their federal funds run out. So there's a lot of things at play here, and, and it's not an Ashwaubenon issue. It's a statewide issue with how they funded schools, and we're hopeful that they do provide those increases. All right, so what exactly are we asking residents on April 4th? So we're asking residents to approve um, a $3.9 million per year um, for five years. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I think is so impressive um, by our school board and our community is that um, one of the things that we're saying is depending on what is provided by um, the state, um, our board has agreed – unanimously to uh, levy less or use less of the revenue or referendum money depending on the amount of money that we get from the state. If this doesn't pass, what are we looking at here that's going to happen? Well, some pretty major budget cuts. Um, you know, like Keith mentioned, you know, roughly 85% of our, our budget is staffing. Um, you know, so one of the things that uh, we are very proud of and we hang our hat on, and I know that our school board is very proud of, is our class sizes and our class sizes are relatively small compared to the region um, and to the state. And so one of the things that is going to have to be is a significant increase in class size. And we're talking about 30-some teachers um, that would possibly be laid off. And that's only part of the deficit. Yeah, it's important to know 30 teachers sounds really scary when you think about class size, but that gets us about halfway to what we need to balance our budget if the referendum fails. So we will be looking at other things. We'll be looking at sports and athletics and trying to re- and reducing some op- opportunities there. We're looking at everything we can away from students in classrooms. But as I said, we've been in this budget-cutting mode for 30 years with the revenue limits not keeping up with inflation. So we've made budget cuts every year that I've been in the district and we're still in this situation where now there just isn't much to cut. There isn't, there isn't something that doesn't directly impact students. So we're looking at all those options and seeing where they are. But 30 staff members is a large number that parents will see a significant change in classroom size and options that we have. So at the middle school and high school, what class choices they have and, and how those work. When we run a class at the high school, we're going to have to raise that floor on how many students we need in order to run a class that maybe has a smaller group size because it's a higher specialized class or a special individual class. So we're looking at all those options and making, going to look at what restrictions we have to make or limits on those. With this referendum not passing and keeping the lights on here, we're talking about building maintenance, technology upgrades. These are things that are constant that any district needs. How does this affect your plan, you know, as you move forward when it comes to building maintenance and planning for that, funding-wise, allocating money for that? How does that affect things? So one of the things we're really proud of in Ashwaubenon and our board has taken a lot of pride on and set the direction on is maintaining our building. The communities have given us these assets and and told us that they want us to maintain them. So we do not have a deferred maintenance situation in Ashwaubenon. We never have. We keep up on the maintenance. If a roof needs to be replaced, we replace it so we don't have damage. When a boiler needs to be updated, we do it. So we have a consistent budget from year to year of doing those maintenance plans. And if this referendum does not pass, we've got to seriously look at those things and think, what can we not do? And that may be where we look at, do we need to come back in a referendum for the maintenance projects at some point? Because we would have to start deferring maintenance. And as we said, our community takes a lot of pride in our buildings and our board has always 
given me the direction that we will not defer maintenance. We will keep up on what needs to be done on buildings. Another big thing, obviously, is that we're in the game here of educating our students. Um, what does this mean for course offerings, curriculum, things like that? Well, and Keith kind of touched on it a little bit. Number one is class size. And so we feel very strongly about class size and, and maintaining a certain range. Um, that would be in serious jeopardy. Even some of our higher-end classes or things that we offer, we really tr provide a, a, a really a variety of options and pathways for our students, uh, no matter what their interests or their passions are for, whether it's into the trades, whether they are looking into um, the military, they're looking to go into uh, college track. And so all of those types of opportunities could be in jeopardy um, based on, on the amount of the referendum will fail. What was the input when it comes to the community regarding a lot of these things? Outline that and stuff like that. What was the response from from the thousand, nearly thousand people that kind of weighed in a little bit? I think that everyone truly appreciates, and I think that it speaks volumes to most schools, public schools here in Northeast Wisconsin, that people really value the opportunities for kids, right? And and so as a result, um, the, the feedback that we got is don't touch class size, don't touch um, the opportunities, uh, whether it's being in some of our tech ed programs at the high school level, middle school level, um, some of our different languages that we offer um, in regards to foreign language, or some of the different um, opportunities, college track, AP courses, those type of things, really please keep that in place. And just like everyone else, opportunities also outside the classroom, whether it be in the musicals or, or in the drama or whether it be in athletics, um, really a, a focus of trying to keep, and we're proud of the things that we offer, and our community really spoke that, please don't do that, we need this to pass. So. Always a tough ask for people to ask for more money. What does this mean for taxes for folks in Ashwapadon? So the tax impact of the $3.9 million per year translates to a $168 per $100,000 value of property you own. So there probably aren't many, if any, houses in Ashwapadon that are $100,000. For most people, it's going to be more than that $168. The reality is when you look at what we've done with taxes over the last five years or 10 years, our tax rate has gone down significantly. That goes back to the state providing aid and not always providing uh, 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 increases in the revenue limit to keep up with inflation. So we've seen our tax rate drop. So after this referendum, if it passes, the tax rate will still be less than it was just four years ago. So that, to me, that's an important number to know. It sounds expensive when you do the $168. And if the referendum fails, that they'll see that that reduction, but the cost being less than what it was four years ago is the number that's important to me. And as a homeowner in Ashwaban, that's important to me to know that it's not any more than I paid just four years ago. I think an important part to that too, if I can just add on to what Keith just said, um, Keith has done a phenomenal job in his 24 years as our business manager in Ashwaban. And he also has, um, if you look back to recent referendums, we've always been lower than what we predicted it to be. And so that's a real credit to Keith and his management of the budget. And so we have over-delivered and feel like the same case here. How does open enrollment affect funding? I think important message that we want to get out to uh, all taxpayers um, is that open enrollment costs our taxpayers zero dollars. Not a penny, not a dollar, zero. 
um, costs us zero because what happens is we receive the tuition payment for those students from the resident districts. So it doesn't cost our taxpayers anything for open enrollment. As we move forward here, definitely want to encourage people to find out more. We want them to make an informed choice. Where can folks find out some more information? Our next, we've had three informational sessions um, as a, of this broadcast. Um, we have our final informational session coming up on Wednesday, March 22nd at 6 o'clock at our Cormier Early Learning Center. So we tried to uh, each of our informational meetings to be at different elementary schools without the district. So we kind of reached each neighborhood. So our last one is going to be at Cormier Early Learning Center at 6 o'clock on Wednesday, March 22nd. Uh, in addition to that, on our website, we have a separate section for the referendum. So the website is www.ashwabanon.k12.wi.us. And there's a lot of information and resources on what the referendum is about, why it is, how we calculated. We have a frequently asked questions page. So every time we do these public sessions, we keep track of the questions. We add that to the list. As we get phone calls from residents, which we do get quite a few, we answer the questions. We try to add those to that list. So if we give that information to one person, we want everyone to hear that. If one person has that question, more people probably have it. In addition, they can always call our district office at 920-492-2900, ask for Kurt Wires or Keith Lucius. We will talk to them one-on-one -on -one and answer their questions. And we have people, a lot of citizens doing that. That's part of our community, community connection is we're very transparent. We want that feedback. Even if you're not supporting the referendum, we want to know what questions or concerns you have so we can try to address them and explain this. We want the community to know why this is needed, and be informed when they decide if they support this or not. Anything else you'd like to add uh, before we wrap things up here? Yeah, first of all, we just want as many people to come to the Cormier meeting coming up and uh, ask good questions. Please reach out. We're more than willing to answer questions. And go to the polls on Tuesday, April 4th. Well, thank you to Superintendent of Schools, Kurt Wires, and Assistant Superintendent of Schools, Keith Lucius. Check out the show notes once again to find some links on where we can learn more about the Ashwaubenon School District's operating referendum. That is our show. Help us get the word out about Local and Vocal, a Green Bay Area podcast. This show is focused on our community and will explore local news and topics that come up. We're going to have some great discussions, take a deeper dive into issues, and get to know interesting people that live and work in our community. Now, if you have a story to share or an idea for the show, email us at localandvocalgreenbay at gmail.com. Make sure you follow and subscribe Local and Vocal wherever you listen to podcasts. Also follow us on Facebook. Our music is from the local band, The Dirty Martinis. Thank you to our producer, Lauren Prince. My name is Terry Lee, and this is Local and Vocal, a Green Bay Area podcast. <laughs>